0: Hey, what a marvelous day it is, another beautiful day in the month of April. God, out of his magnanimity, has brought us into this wonderful month of April. He carried us from January to February, March, and now we're in this amazing month, the fourth month of the year, 2022, basking in the glory and in the power and in the praise of God. It's a marvelous time and a wonderful time in the presence of God to be alive, to be standing upon the earth and not underneath. To be pale and hurty, to be strong and to be invigorated by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing time, and I welcome you to this broadcast today in the Life's Journey series. Um, I believe God that has been marvelous and good to you. I believe that your life has been on a on a higher uh, uh, transformation. You know, you've been moving from one level of glory to another. I remember we rounded off last month uh, with this scripture. You says, as they behold him as in a glass, they are changed to the same image from glory to glory. And I believe God that your life has gone from glory to glory. And the Bible says that the path of the justice has a shining light that shines more and more unto a perfect day. And so I'm guaranteed and I'm assured that your life will constantly be on a higher trajectory. You will go from glory to glory, from breakthrough to breakthrough without experiencing any breakdown. I'd like to thank God for bringing you to this month, you and your family and all that that are dear to you. I believe that this month we will be empowered to enter into our promised land, the land that God has assured us that he will give to us. And I know that as we cooperate with him, he will indeed bring us to that promised land. This is our month, uh, modest April is tagged our month of spiritual revitalization. What does that mean? It means that we'll be spiritually invigorated with new concepts, new ideas, new possibilities and we'll see clearer into that spiritual realm where our dominion is guaranteed and therefore we can translate our spiritual invigoration into physical manifestation our spiritual invigoration into physical manifestation that will guarantee our overall dominion in life. But before we dwell, we go deep into uh, into deeper waters. Uh, Let us pray as our custom is. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we honor you. We glorify your name for a time like this. We thank you for out of your goodness and kindness and out out of your own volition, you have brought us to the month of April in health, in wealth, in peace, and in prosperity. You have increased us on all sides, and you have blessed us with spiritual blessings, O Lord, that there can be room enough, not, not enough room to receive it. We thank you for your kindness, your favor, and your mercy. We commit the rest of this month, and we, do, O Lord, we ask that indeed your blood will wash over this month for us, and will constantly guide and keep us, and will always carry us on the eagles' wings, to, your desired, to that desired heaven that you have, O oh Lord, promised all of us, because you say that you know your thoughts towards us, the thoughts of good and not of evil, to give us a hope and a future and to bring us to an expected end. Father, we thank you and glorify you. And we ask that your word will come with power, with clarity, and with understanding that our lives may be transformed and become that of Christ. Lord, He says that this kingdom, this world, may be that of our Lord and of his Christ, that the frontiers of your kingdom will continually extend and expand until this whole nation and all the earth be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters covers the sea. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for what you said to do today. Thank you for the ears that will hear, the eyes that will see, O Lord, and let your name be glorified. Take all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' marvelous name, we have prayed in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank God for this amazing time. I'm excited because I know that, you know, it's not often that you come into into realms like this, into insights and into understanding that brings you and gives you a clearer understanding of what spiritual matters are, and therefore you are able to better position yourself in your physical pursuit in life and gives you advantage in this race. You know, we're in a race. Paul said in, in, in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he said, no, you know, that they that run in a race runs all, run all. <clears throat> he says, so run that you may obtain. He says, no, you know, that they that, uh, that run in a race run all. And they run to obtain a prize. They're not just running, you know. I know oftentimes they say it's 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 not the winning that matters, it is the participation. But here it is winning that is most important. It's not just running, it is running to finish well. It says, No, you know that they that run in a race, run all but one, obtaineth the prize. So run that you may that you may obtain. Run, not just run and then fall by the wayside, run to conclusion, run to finish, run to fruition, run to completion, run with the intention that you you must succeed run and 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 continue to run until you come to that place uh, that you obtain the price it's not just running it is running to obtain it is running to achieve it is running to excel it is running that you may brace the tape and then you may that you will hear that that glorious word from the king of glory well done great good and faithful servant That is the purpose of our Christian adventure. It is to run until we embrace the tape. That means running to finish in order for us to obtain the prize. And so this month, I said last week that we'll be looking at secrets, spiritual secrets into a world of wonderment, spiritual secrets into a world of wonderment. And and this will be start kicking off um, some of those spiritual secrets that will give us that glorious height, that bring us to that glorious height in this life, that will give us constantly, on, put us constantly on that side of victory, that side of dominion, that will give us our entitlement and reveal to us what, are, what has been given to us freely by God. He said that he might reveal to us the things that are freely given to us of God, that we might know the things that we have been freely given, the things that God has, Christ has o- obtained for us. By virtue of his death and his resurrection. And if we do not understand what we have been given, then there is no, we will not have the confidence and the commitment to desire and to ask and to demand for our rights in obtaining those benefits that Christ has obtained for us. And so we'll be looking at spiritual secrets into a world of wonderment, because when we obtain those spiritual secrets and nuggets, then we're able to enter into our world, our physical world of dominion, where we'll reign, rule, and excel. Remember, this is our month of spiritual uh, revitalization. We are going to be imbued with new reality, new will be invigorated with empowerment. We will enter into spiritual understanding that then gives us spiritual dominion, and that will culminate into physical uh, manifestation of the reality of our spiritual standing. And so today we'll be looking at those factors. You know, the Bible talked about a secret place. What are those secrets? Where is the secret place? I mean, I remember if you if you remember the scripture in Psalm ninety one, it says, "He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty." The, the question is, where is that secret place? Where is the secret place? Where is the location of that secret place? Where do I go to that make that then I can say, now I've arrived at that secret place? Where is the secret place? Is it a physical location? Where is it where is it located? Is it a mountain? Is it a, is it, is it, is it a, is it an habitation where I can go to? And then I know that I'm in the secret place and I know that God is there. And so now I can say, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide on. Where is that secret place? And we'll look at that so this we understand, and also we'll look at that God is a God of secrets. Amazing, isn't it? God is a God of secret. You know, God keeps the secret for those who are desirous to find the secret things. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, it says that the secret things belong to God, but the things that are revealed are for us and our children. So God is a God of secrets, and God intends his children to desire to know in order for them to find fulfillment and victory in life. God is a God of secrets. God is a God of secrets. He said, the secret things belong to God. And we'll be looking at scriptures that attunes and aligns with that reality, you know, that God is a God of secrets, and only those who put press on, who pursue, who desires, Uh, have access into that secret. And first of all, so where is that secret place? The secret place in the context of the New Testament is the place where God is, Christ is head. It's a secret place in the New Testament context is where Christ, a covenant between man and God through Christ. So that secret place is simply having Christ as the head of our lives. The secret place is the place where we have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, and then we have access to that secret place. It is a place where we have dominion and empowerment, and it's a place where we go and we're assured that we have connectivity with Christ. It is a place of our perpetual victory, because Christ has already won the battle. The secret place is a place where we enter into prayer and believe that God will do what he said he would do. The secret place is a place of faith, is a place where we put our faith in Christ in order for us to obtain the finished works that Christ has obtained for us. And when we look at scriptures, we realize, I remember in, in Hebrews chapter 12, all the way from verse Eleven or thereabout he talked about he says for ye have not come to a mountain mountain that can be touched." he's trying to juxtapose the New Testament secret place with the Old Testament secret place so he says, ye have not come unto the mountain that can be touched remember their journey in Exodus when they came out of the land of Israel of Egypt and then God met with them in Mount Sinai and Paul was trying to bring a real, a, a just opposite side by side between their journey from Egypt and when they came to that place where God chose to meet them and the New Testament. It says, ye are not come unto the mountain that can be touched, nor that burned with fire, nor to blackness and darkness and tempest. You remember that when God spake in that place, there was fire, there was darkness, there was blackness. And the Bible says, uh, uh, so, so they, they came to that place and they saw those, those fearful, terrible things, and then they came to the conclusion that no, no, we don't want God to appear to us like this anymore. So he says that you are yeah, not come unto the mount that can be touched and, 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 and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, nor to the sound of a trumpet and to the voice of words, which voice they that heard and entreated that it should not be spoken unto them anymore. He says, for, for they were not able to endure that which was commanded. For even if as much as a beast touched the mountain, it was stoned or thrust through with a dart. He says, and so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. And then he said, This is the New Testament sacred place. He says, But ye are come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living God. Ye are come to heavenly Jerusalem and to God. And this is, yeah, come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living God, to, the heavenly, to heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirit of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. So he says that you have come on to Mount Zion where Jesus is head of the church. That is the secret place. He says you have come on to Mount Zion. You have come unto Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. You see that? That the old covenant, God manifested himself in that dreadfulness, in that terribleness, and they were so afraid and scared. And God said, and this is place, and you know, God like in Genesis 28, God told um, 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 God told Jacob and said, this is the place, this is Bethel, this is the house of God, this is where I want you to put a church, this is where I, I will meet with you, and in the Old Testament, God had the tabernacle of congregation where God met with them, but in the New Testament, Christ is the sacred place. Christ is the place of our sanctuary, he is the inner sanctuary of the holiest of all. He is that place where we go where he, he went for himself and by his blood he presented himself unto God for us. And then he is our secret place. And when we accept Christ as Lord and Savior, he becomes our secret our secret our sanctum, our place of refuge. So when we talk about He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High in Psalm 91, we're simply saying he that is in Christ is in a place of of God, is in a place where God resides. He says that he has presented himself before God for us, that we may have access unto the Father by the same Spirit. So the secret place is the place where we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, and Christ is the head of the church, and where Christ is our connector between man and God, where is the intercessor, intermediary, and the go-between between man and God? It is the acceptance of Christ that brings us to that secret place, and that's why it says in Hebrews chapter four verse sixteen, he said, "He uh, says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace." Did you see that? That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. So the secret place is the place where Christ has completed the works and we accept that work that he has finished on the cross. And what is that work? That he died for humanity and that he rose again and by him we live, by him we move and by him we have our being. And when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are in that secret place because we are now in the beloved where now we who were once outcasts and foreigners and strangers are now fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. It said Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Ephesians 2 from verse 24 all the way down to 27. It says Christ himself is now the chief cornerstone. We who were once aliens and strangers from the common of Israel are now partakers with the saints and we are now fellow citizens of the commonwealth of Israel. And we also now have the entitlement and the dominion and the empowerment into that secret place, that inner sanctum. You know, he talked about the holiest place, because when Christ died, the veil was turned, and therefore man had access to that secret place. You know, it was only the high priest who went into that holiest of all. Once a a year, not without blood, he went in with blood, for his own sin and the sins of the people. But when Christ came and he died on the cross, he obtained for us access to that secret place, that place where God in, in, inhabits, that habitation of God, that holy place, that place where God resides in our hearts as Lord and Savior. Jesus said, if any man I knock at the door, if any man open unto me, I will come and sup with him and he with me. And it says that the place where the Holy Ghost dwells is our temple. They say the body, our body is the temple of Christ because we have been bought with a price and the Holy Ghost inhabits us. And wherever God inhabits becomes a secret place. So Christ is our secret access into the holiest place. Our hearts becomes a place of secrecy between God and man, made possible by the death of Christ. So Christ connects us between old and new to be one before the Father in that secret place where Christ is Lord and we accept him as Savior, as our deliverer, and as our eye tower. And when we then accept that reality, we have access to the arsenals that heaven provides. We have access to the arsenals that heaven makes available. And that's why Jesus said to Peter, Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 13, and when he gave the parable of the sower about the seeds that fell by the wayside, and some on the stony ground, and some uh, amongst thorns, and some uh, on fertile ground, and then he said that, and uh, you know, he's speaking parables to them. And, and then after the, after the parable, Peter and the rest of the guys went to him and said, Jesus, what exactly are you talking about? What? Why are you speaking to them in parables? And he said, Unto you it is given. To know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, these things are imparable. So he says that there is a place where you have access to the the privileges that heaven makes available. The mysteriousness of heaven can only be understood by those who have access through Christ. There are mysteries that, that are inexplicable only accessible by, by, by the, the privilege that Christ has obtained for us. So Jesus said, he, says, he said, unto you it is given to know the mysteries, that is, to know the secrets. But to them that are without, these things are imparable, that seeing they may see and not, and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they repent, they be converted, and then I will save them." Did you see that? So he says, because they don't understand it, because they can't see it, because they don't under they can't perceive it, they have not come to the point of, rely, of, the, of, of acceptance. And therefore, I cannot, I cannot help them more or less. But you who belong into that secret place, you who have access to that secret place by virtue of my, my, the price I've paid, and the, the the victory that I've obtained you have access have access uh, and can use those mysteries and when you understand the mysteries then you can have dominion so christ says there are secret potentials there are secret arsenals there are mysteriousness about heaven but you cannot understand them except you have access into that secret place and that secret place is the place where i have completed the works and i've given you access To access God. So simply put, we've moved from the old digital, the analog lifestyle of the law to the digital concept. So we've all, if you like, uh, you know, on a lighter mode, we've all gone online in the New Testament. We've gone online. It's no more the old analog way or the physical, you know, before you, if you needed to buy a shirt or, or, you know, or some accessories, you had to go to the store to get them. Now everything is done online. In the same way Christ said, I have, I have, I have digitalized, digitalized all of my, all of the concepts. I've brought you online and made it accessible for you. I made it possible for you to access God in that spiritual reality. In that spiritual d- dimension, I've made it possible that you do not have, you know, it is not the physical symbolisms of the mountains, the, the, the fire, the tempest, the blackness, and the darkness. Uh, it is now the spiritual reality, that spiritual concept that, of, that operates by faith, that spiritual reality that operates by by belief, by your belief system. And that access into that mysteriousness is what is what makes you. Enter into that secret place. He says that unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, these things are imparable. Christ further and emphasized that in Matthew chapter 16, when in verse 14 or verse 15, he says, And who do men say that I am? And everybody gave their own opinion. And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Peter by Jonah, he said, Peter by Jonah, he said, Simon by Jonah, flesh and blood had not revealed this unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven, he said, and upon this rock I will build, and upon this rock, and Peter upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom. Did you say that? And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. That inner place, that secret place of the Most High, offers us the keys to the kingdom. Why? Because we are now partakers of his divine nature. We are now fellow citizens and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We are now partaker of that divine nature. The Bible says in, in first in first Peter, Second Peter uh, chapter one and verse two. He says, and and you, he says, he has made us partakers of that divine nature according that his divine power given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue that by this we might be partakers of his divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. He says, you see that according as his divine power, Christ's power, had made us partakers of divinity. Christ's power has brought us into that place of secrecy, that place where we now have access to the keys of the kingdom. That place where we are now partakers of divinity. We are now carriers of divine nature. How? Because in us now dwells the, the Godhead. The Godhead, the Bible says in him is it says in, in, in Christ is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And that, when we accept Christ, Christ comes to dwell in our hearts. And so we are carriers of that Godhead. The fullness of the divinity is in us. So we are then partakers of that divine nature by virtue of access to that sacred place. So we now become partaker with him. We are carriers of divinity and we have access to the keys of the kingdom. The keys that gives us access to unlock the mysteriousness of heaven, that key that gives us access to the nooks and cranny of the things that heaven has made available, that key that makes heaven and earth seamless, that connection between heaven and earth is made possible without barrier, without barricades, without 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 fences. We are now one with Christ and one with God because Christ has brought us into that secret place and he's afforded us that the keys of the kingdom. He's given us the key for our dominion and for our empowerment, He's given us the key for us to triumph and to tri- and to prevail over circumstances and over situations, and that He says, "I give unto you" in Luke ten verse nineteen. I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. What is he saying? He says because you have access to the mysteriousness of heaven, the keys to the kingdom. He said, "I give unto you the keys of the kingdom." And what would you? Do, what would you do with that key? He said, "Whatsoever, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven." Whatsoever, whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So it says that your capacity and your opportunity and the privilege I have afforded you now gives you access to be carriers of divinity. And that access that you have gives you dominion over the works of darkness and the works of wickedness. It gives you opportunity and privilege to through the keys that you possess, he said, "Whatsoever you bind, what that is, whatever you condemn, whatever you refuse, whatever you disallow, whatever you confound, whatever you you know you you do not agree with, whatever you cancel will be canceled, will be disallowed, will be disallowed in heaven. And whatever you permit, whatever you allow, whatever you agree to, will also be agreed to in heaven. What's that? That is the seamlessness of heaven and earth by virtue of our positioning. That what we allow." is allowed. What we say on earth is resonated in heaven. What we say on earth is re-echoed in heaven. What we say on earth is guaranteed in heaven. He said, whatever you bind on earth, whatever you agree on, whatever you disagree, I also will agree. Why? Because you are now in the secret place. You are now a partaker of my divine nature. You are carriers of divinity. You are joint heads with me because I, well, I paid the price that you also might be partaker of my divinity. So we are divine in our nature. We are are divine by concept, by the virtue of what Christ has done for us. We are divine by virtue of the price that Christ paid. And our acceptance of that reality gives us access to that secret place where we also can determine the works of this life, where we also can be partaker of those who stand and allow or disallow because heaven has accepted it and given us that power by the keys and the privileges that Christ made available and brought us by bringing us into that secret place where there is dominion, where there's power, Where there's opportunity, where there's victory, where there's perpetual uh, triumph, where there's perpetual success, where there's there's perpetual victory, where there's perpetual dominion, where there's perpetual triumph, where there's perpetual enthronement, and where there's perpetual advancement and enhancement of the power and the glory and the praise of God. He says, we also are partakers of that divine nature, wherefore, according to his divine power, are given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has brought us to glory and virtue, to power and dignity, to honor and victory, that we might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It's an exciting time, an amazing time. We'll be continuing again next week where we'll be looking at some of those keys that we have access to. What are those mysteriousness that we can unseal, that we can uncover, and therefore enjoy heaven on earth? What are those keys that we can access to open the doors of heaven? What what, what are some of those keys, and how do we access those? How do we use those keys effectively, powerfully, and, and successfully? And we'll be looking at all of those next week. I hope that this week we've been able to lay the foundation that we are in that secret place, away from the Old Testament into the New Testament concept, reality of that secret place. It is the place where Christ has already won the prize, where Christ has already given us the victory, and we already have that dominion. It's a place of access where Christ gives us opportunity to come before God by virtue, of the prize and the and the and the and the victory that He won for us. Until next week, I we'll be looking for driving this uh, concept further. I commend you to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you your own inheritance amongst them that are sanctified. The Lord bless you and keep you, and the Lord cause His face to shine upon you. Until next week, keep believing, keep standing strong, and. And I'd like also to welcome you again to the month of April. Be be blessed and go out knowing that you are beloved of the Lord. Thank you and God bless you.